Welcome to the Kinjas Podcast. Here we will discuss dance, life, and whatever the f*** we want. Welcome back to another episode of the Kinjas Podcast, Movement in the Shadows. Likes, followers, views, trending topics. I think everybody knows what I mean or what I'm referring to when I say these words. Social media is obviously a very big tool can be used for both good and bad things. The temptation I think that I also um, struggle with is the concept of being liked and uh, being somewhat of a, a people pleaser. And not to say that people pleasing is necessarily a bad thing. I think when you get wrapped up in that becoming your identity and wanting to post things and wanting to be a part of trends just so that um, I can increase my follower count or view count or like count. Um, I think that's something that not only me personally, but I'm sure you know a lot of a lot of the, the guests that we've talked to on our show here to probably a lot of you who are listening may have some struggles or encounters with that. My guest today is Justin Jet Valles. Justin is a dancer, choreographer, freestyler. He's representing the Kinjas. He's also representing Funny Bones Crew, uh, formerly of Poriotics, former champions of ABDC. Jet has had a very successful dance career, still killing it right now. One thing that I really have found interesting about Jet is prior to maybe about a year or so ago, wasn't very big on social media, kind of dormant in that scene. And in the past year or so, he's definitely been very active and posting just really cool videos of him just getting down and dancing. And we, we get into why the sudden change uh, from not really utilizing social media to kind of being pretty heavy on it. And um, I think the thing that was very clear for me to see was what motivates him is being very just authentic to himself. Even as he talks about dance and how he got into it, why he started dancing, um, his focus on finding the importance of staying true to foundation and really uh, diving deep into certain rabbit holes, whether it be dance, whether it be music, production to video editing and shooting. And he gets into all these different things. But the thing that I really see that came across from this conversation was Jet doesn't really care to be a people pleaser. And I think that's kind of one of the, the funny things about his personality. He's a what you see is what you get kind of a guy can be maybe even blunt um, in certain in certain regards but I think that is that's a part of Jet's charm I feel um, as we talk about things like social media to dance and training and all those things I think the theme that I was able to unpack from this conversation was these are all things that are genuine representations of who he is as a person even when he talks about the classes that he teaches and what he teaches in those classes, knowing that the the curriculum or the music or what's being taught may not be the most popular types of a class, meaning uh, he's not packing out these classes with a ton of people, but how he actually values so much of what he's doing and what he's teaching being things that he really does care about, that it's not about the number of people who are willing to learn, but those who actually show up to learn and how he finds it so important to give them 100% of 
what he really is, how he thinks, and the information and the knowledge and wisdom that he has. I think this conversation was really fun because it's not a, a, a normal type of talk that Jet and I have. And um, he kept using this term that he was getting quote unquote bend. And I think what he meant by that was uh, just in the exchange that we had, the, the back and forth conversation, hearing the story that he's telling me and me kind of being able to analyze some of the things that he's saying and seeing these common themes in his life. He was ex explaining to me how he was appreciating this exchange because, you know, rather than finding it so important to be active on things like social media, these sit down conversations are maybe not more important, but just as I would say, and, and just finding that connection, even as friends and as uh, crewmates, I think was really cool to be able to exchange with Jet. Uh, lightning rounds, always fun. Switched up the questions in this one. Lots of laughs in this one as well, but I think uh, what I really appreciate about Jet is his unapologetic ability to just be real and authentic, and um, I think that's really what has uh, allowed his career to take off to what it is, and his, the future things that he's about to get into, I know he's going to really uh, dive deep into those rabbit holes as well. Um, I think this one's a good one. Let's just hop right in. Welcome back to another episode of the Kinjas Podcast, Movement in the Shadows. I'm your host, Ben. The crew's back. We got Justin Kim back there with the lights. Jay lies outside handling the sounds. And across from me, folks, we got Justin Jet Vaez in the pod. Hello. What's up, Jet? What's cracking, Ben? Lots cracking. Lots cracking. We're cool. back at the complex. Um, excited, man. Excited to have you here. We've been oh, trying to yeah. get you in for a minute. Cool. Um, Brief intro, if you guys don't know who Jet is, Jet is a dancer, choreographer, freestyler, featured on Instagram with his hashtag body control <laughs> video with over 9 million views. That's pretty sick, man. Representing Kinja's and Funny Bones crew. Yep. Welcome, man. Thanks, Thanks for, for having me. Through, man. Um, so, yeah, Jet is one of the Kinja's. Um, he has a very extensive history in dance and... Uh, yeah, you have a lot, a lot of history there, but uh, let's take it back to the beginnings of it. Give us the brief origin story of where Jet came from, where he grew up, why you have the name Jet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I got stories. Um, shoot, uh, well, I think to break it down, uh, I started as a b-boy first. I was breaking. I think I started, I started when I was a kid. I was like six or seven. Where did you grow up again? Jersey. I grew up in Jersey. Jersey. I was Whoa. born here in LA, but okay. I but I grew up in Jersey, and uh, I think it was just one of those things where like where where hip, having hip hop was was just like connected with being Filipino. It was just a thing back yeah. then where yeah. like where people you know Filipinos were DJing, kids were dancing, and so I would I think I remember watching my old uh, like my old kuyas. And yeah. I'm, I'm hope, hoping people who are listening know what that means. Yeah. It's kind of like your older brother. Yeah. Um, and I would watch them like like break, and I was just like, "What is that?" It's like the it's like, and then they, they tell me what it was like. Oh, it's breaking, and yeah. I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> it was kind of one of those things where like everything just kind of made sense, and then got got into it from there. Um, I think, and I'm gonna try to break this story down as I guess as quick as I could. Um, I, yeah, so I, I basically was just I think in the beginning I was just like, "This is amazing," but I think from that time I was just dancing for attention. I was just yeah. like, he was like, I think I wasn't good at anything else. I, I wasn't really good at sports. Uh, I was good at my legs. Uh, it was cool with soccer, like running sports, but mm -hmm. basketball was like, 
like not my thing. And I was like, well, shit, I'm not good at this. Well, I'm going to go stick with dancing because I yeah. get attention there. And then eventually, like, I got decently good at it. And then um, me and my family moved back to L.A. And uh, that's kind of where, like, everything kind of just, like, kind of, I guess, popped off. Uh-huh. Um, I remember my dancing, I guess, careers pretty much, like, started in the streets of L.A. Yeah. So me and my old crew, we would, uh, we would, we would actually, like, dance around Glendale when there was no Americana. Uh-huh. And uh, we were just, and I think this is around the time, this is before you got served. So it was just like, and we were like a crew that did everything. We were like, we had a breaker, we had a popper, we had a ricer, we had like a glow sticker. <laughs> like A ricer? <laughs> like a ricer, like, you know, like a, a ricer, not, not like a dancer, but like, you know, like, like a car ricer, like that. Oh, a racer. Like a ricer. No, no, I'm talking about ricer. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. Rice rocket. Rice rocket ricer. Gotcha. I've Everybody... never heard the term ricer before, but makes sense. Okay. That was a term, you know, like yeah. Honda Civic with yeah, a giant yeah, yeah. wing. And it was like, and the muffler never used that made term, it sound but like I get it. it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was like that. We were like an everything crew. But um, but anyways, with that being said, like we were like an every, everything crew. We were dancing on the streets. My first uh, experience of, of like real L.A. dance uh, culture was... Uh, when I met my first OG and he goes by the name of uh, Jekyll. Jekyll was my first, like, like, Holy crap. This is like, mm-hmm. he's a real OG. He got me into like, like real popping. Yeah. And the story that happened was we were just like, me and the homies were getting down in Glendale, uh, at the marketplace. And we were just like, you know, just whatever. And then this scary ass dude, like starts just kind of like walks up to us. Yeah. And he's just like, he saw that we were like, you know, we were popping or whatever. Right. He was, he came up to us all like fucking scary. He was like, he was like, Hey, you guys pop. And then we're like, yeah. <laughs> we're like almost like 15 or 16 yeah, at yeah, the time. Yeah. Uh-huh. And this, this dude that came up to us, uh, Jekyll, he was like, he, he, he looked like he just got out of prison. Yeah. And he wore, he had like, you know, kind of like, he kind of like get up where it's like, you kind of have like, kind of like baggy kind of like business clothes, sure. like shirt and tie and all that. Uh-huh. And I, I think later we found out it was actually true. So um, it, was, it was just so funny how that kind of happened. True that he had just gotten <laughs> I think, Yeah, I think he just okay, did. Yeah. I think he actually just did. Uh-huh. Jekyll, if you're listening to this, uh, we'll verify this later, but I feel like that's what happened. <laughs> but anyways, goes up to us, and we're just like, and he starts telling us, like, like yo, I'm OG Jekyll. I'm an, oh, I'm an original L.A. pop locker. And we're like, oh, shit, like, yeah. for real? But then he started getting down, and we're just like, oh, shit, this guy's fucking nuts. <laughs> so it's kind of like from that experience is where I kind of, like, learned, like, L.A. street culture. Right. And I kind of, he kind of took us under his wing and uh-huh. uh, went from there. And that's how I got kind of got into connected to the battle scene. I would go to Homeland, and I would, I would practice there. Homeland was a place, it's not popping anymore but that was the place where a lot of street dancers from all over the world would go there poppers lockers and b-boys that was the place where everybody would practice mm-hmm. actually a lot of people in the kinjas used to go there as well mm-hmm. um but it's not really talked about in in in, in you know in current places because it's sure. just not a place yeah. we go to but it's it's it, it is in the annals of history mm-hmm. um so yeah i kind of went from there and then uh what happened after that shit uh uh that's kind of like where i met like uh uh Poriotics. Yeah. It was through that. I think I met Dumbo through through there. And also Culture Shock as well. Yeah. So I and I think um I think I'll just say this just to break things down. My street dance history was in the streets. Yeah. And then also about everything choreo related was through Culture Shock LA. Right. So it was funny. I met Arnell when he came to Homeland and he just like, you know, we were like dancing and he kind of recognized me and my sister uh dancing. We yeah. Like popping, locking, whatever. And then he invited me to uh, come to the popping auditions 
uh, popping crew auditions at Culture Shock Galay in like mm-hmm. 07. And, uh, and, I, and I was like, okay, cool. You know, like, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll come by. Uh, went there, did my thing, got in the team. I was like, all right. Yeah. And it was like, I think from there, that's where I, I got into the world of like choreography. I didn't got know you. shit about it. Yeah. It was such a different uh, kind of place. And I'm not going to lie, at that time, I was such a hater. I was such like a hater of like anything that was like watered down. Because uh-huh. at that time, everything was watered down. So it was uh-huh. just like, if I didn't see like, uh, like, you know, strong, like anything like strong, like foundation wise, I was just kind of right. like, what is that? Like, yeah. I was, I was, I was just straight up like, I was just, I had street mentality back totally. then. Totally. Yeah. So, um, but now as I grow older, things have changed and I had to open my mind to, yeah. to different things. Some people don't, you know, leave that place, but you know, uh, I had to. I had to learn to like adapt to yeah. what was happening in the world at that time. Um, went there. Uh, that's where I met Dumbo. That's where I met like some of the poor, or through that I met like Lawrence Rivera. Yep. And then Dumbo was part of uh, Cold Shock LA. We, and that's around that time, like sooner or later, I was still battling and doing all these things. And also with Cold Shock, I was also uh, directing at the time. Uh, I was directing as the popping director of Culture Shock LA when we all when Culture Shock LA had like all these crews. We had the breaking crew, locking crew, yep. popping. We had street crews, and then we had uh, at that time it was called uh, was it called commercial hip hop crew? I think that was the term. <laughs> uh-huh. That was the term back then. Um, but yeah, then Dumbo got hit up because that's when Poriotics, when they only had three of them, it was uh, Dumbo, Charles, and Can. They were like killing it. Yeah, they were like they basically. Infu- they were the infusion of and the light just went off I'm just gonna we keep just talking lost the light that's okay I can keep talking you right keep talking oh this is intimate it's all nice and dark <laughs> this is after should, hours now should I just uh, get a little bit closer to you <laughs> so uh, um, they were the team like Poriotics at that time before the before it was like ABDC was like the the they infused the the techniques of choreography but also like the street aspect of of like actual popping yeah so that's why I was you know Poriotics popping animation yeah what was it? Popping animation, choreo. I think I, I think that oh, yeah. my acronym the acronym is wrong. But anyways, point <laughs> I is, I remember you get when it. I first when I first saw Poriotics, it was a uh, was that a maxed out? Was it? I yeah, think it was a maxed out. Yeah, and I was like, Poliotics, What kind of name is that? Like, I just yeah, I, for some reason I thought it was like having to do with pottery, just the way <laughs> that it was spelled. Uh, but so I want to take it back. Yeah. Um, when you said you started, you know, you started dancing just with like your your family, your kuyas, and like you're pretty much just learning from like watching people, right? Yes. And then you meet Jekyll, who's like the first OG that was like, okay, like this guy's legit. This guy knows foundation. So prior to Jekyll, was there like a? Um, did you find? knowing foundations to be important or was that kind of like he schooled you on like yo you guys are doing this wrong here's where these things come from like where because that street mentality of being like yo i'm like if it's not foundations i don't care about it you know what i mean kind of like keep preserving the the pure form and the artistry of it where at what point did you know that like yo i need to get on my foundation game or were you always like that um i I think what it was was I in that time frame I never thought of foundation. Whenever I saw Jekyll dance, it was mm-hmm. just like this fucker's hard. Mm-hmm. Like he would just yeah. get down and it was just hard. Yeah. And I and I I had my mentality was at the time was all right. I I had to go way past foundation. I want to be like that. I want to be hard like that. Yeah. And I think till this day I still kind of maintain that. Like I'm still gonna I still want to be raw. Right. I'm still gonna try to maintain that. Um. Because. I think like it was just it was just something that at the time that Jekyll embodied he was just like like without hits you ain't nothing that was his motto mm-hmm. without hits you ain't nothing and I was like okay well 
I'm going to try to like, make, yeah, yeah. like maintain that. Uh-huh. And yeah, so it's like, yeah, so it's like, I, I, it's interesting to me how people always see like, you know, like foundation, foundation. Now it's like, yeah, you have to learn foundation. But back then I was just like, I think what it was, how I would match foundation to what Jekyll was saying was that it was just, I would match it to being authentic. And I'm mm-hmm. saying like, oh, I'm, I'm an authentic popper. I'm authentic, you know, like an identity. It's yeah. more so a matter of, um, it's more so like the more, the more authentic something looks, the better it looks. Sure. There's, it's just like, that's the truth of it. His yeah. truth was without his saying, you ain't nothing. You watch him dance, it's just like, holy crap, this guy's fucking good. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, it's, it's because he was doing things authentically as possible. Mm. So I try to do things authentically as possible. I'd never thought about like the foundation mm-hmm. or whatever. Hope that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes sense. It's true to form. That's the way, the way yeah, I see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so um, I think when I first met you was when you were on Culture Shock Popping. Because I think I, <laughs> this was when you guys were down at South Bay Dance Center. Yeah. Or like in Torrance, right? And then... Um, I think I just came and took your class one time. It was oh, like God. <laughs> super like random. And I think we like, yeah, we took, I took your class. Uh, and then there was a bunch of just like other classes that was going on. That was my uh, first encounter with you. Um, oh yeah. But, um, okay. So, uh, let, let's even take it back in terms of like, so dance as far as you doing it for obviously just for fun as a kid. Right. And you said you got, you got attention cause of it. And, um, it was just dope. And, uh, and then you said that there was like a switch in terms of you focusing from just doing foundational styles to then you introduced the choreo and then choreotics happened. And yeah. then obviously now fast forward, like dance is very much a part of like your professional career too. I mean, you professionally dance and stuff yes. like that. Um, was that the plan in terms of like what, w- when you started as a kid, like I'm going to be a professional dancer and like do this for my career. Um, I knew as a kid, it's something I always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like a dream of mine to like be in lights. Um, but then I realized the, like the, like the truth behind everything. Mm-hmm. And I think we all know there's a truth like, like, oh, okay. Like behind the lights, there's a the darkness. Yeah. And in the darkness, this is the real truth of like, what's, what's happening here. Right. Like, you know, this light won't last forever. Yeah. And it's, it's, and it's like you kind of have to figure out ways to like maintain it. Yeah. And I think that's the reason why I've kind of like kind of delved into different things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, when, I, when I talk about delving into different things, I mean, wait, I to answer, go back to your, your question about that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope I answered that. Well, yeah. So, I mean, you, you knowing that you wanted to kind of, yeah, be in the limelight, whatever mm-hmm. you wanted in, in terms of like pursuing something in like the entertainment yes. field, right? Yeah. Um, it, it, I guess the the question is like, at what point were you like, I'm going to do that, like specifically dance? At one point, yeah. Or like, at what was there a point where you're like, I'm going to be a professional dancer versus just like, I just want to be an entertainer, or you know what I mean? Uh, I I think what it was is just I've always wanted to do it, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. But things just happened. It yeah. was just more like things came my way. Got but you. because, but I think it's because uh, I practiced, I got good at it, and and things came my way it was more so uh it just came it just came because i was i was just getting better yeah (laughs) Yeah. i guess the reason i asked that is because um you know some people plan to be pursue a career right they're like i'm gonna either study this in school go to college major in that and then like after that i'm gonna come out of college get a job in that field um oftentimes entertainment uh, is not so cookie cutter planned out like that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, unless you're like, I'm going to be a singer and then like, you're 
you know, really just training to become a, you know, like a professional singer or musician, whatever. I think dance is like a little bit because it's very almost unconventional um, career pursuit. Like, I don't think anybody really decides one day I'm going to be a professional. I mean, I'm sure there are like maybe more so now, but I guess when we grew up, we did the things that we felt were fun. We practiced it like crazy because we just loved it. Mm -hmm. And then opportunities start coming your way. Hey, you should go to this audition. You should be on this team. And there is this TV show. You guys should try out for that. And you just kind of like take the things that come to you. So um, I guess for, you know, at what point were you like, this is working for me in terms of, I think I could eat off of this. Uh, I definitely think it was after... Poor Addison won ABDC. I think that was like, okay, yeah, I think I can I can go this route. So w- with ABDC too, was that just like, hey, there's this new TV show. Let's audition for it? It was more so like uh, they contacted Dumbo. Okay. And the story is, you know, there were three of them. It's like, oh, we need we need like two more guys. So they hit me up. And then, because I was the only, at the time I was, I was like the only uh, Asian dude that looked like me that was battling in the scene and like uh-huh. winning comp like bat like sorry there's a difference between like battles and and competitions right I was winning those battle competitions yeah so it's like so and yeah so yeah basically of course they hit me up and, uh-huh. and they hit up a, a i forgot who it was but then chad got tagged along yeah. too yeah so yeah it was one of those things where it's like like for example it's because i i was working at it mm-hmm. like i got good enough for dumbo to, to like invite me yeah Poriax was good enough to be uh asked to audition and it kind of went from there. Yeah. So it's just more so just, I think in my, in my stance, it was just more like less of me pursuing, like something I wanted to do, but it's just like, I think uh, maybe, I think the way I see it now versus back then is uh, I just worked at it and then I got noticed yeah. and the opportunity came. Yeah. So speaking of the, the working at it, so training, right? The yes. way that you practice, um, what, what, is, what is the way that you approach practicing and training? Like, how do you, is there from a mental, um, mental approach to obviously physically, like how you train, is it a matter of just like drilling a specific technique or yeah. What is that training process like for you? It's interesting. Um, because I'm currently listening to this audiobook. Like, I mean, I would read, but like, you know, Hey man, you're in, you're in tribe. For example, I was in tribe to come exactly, here. Yeah. I'm audio <laughs> guy for sure. There's this book. I don't know if you heard about it called, uh, uh, the growth mindset. Okay. By Carol, Dr. Carol S. Dweck. And that's, sounds fucking boring. But to be honest, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. it's actually like, uh, I'm in the middle of it. But it, it's, it makes so much sense because there's, uh, there's, there's two kinds of mindset. There's a fixed mindset and there's the growth mindset. Uh-huh. I think what I've realized from me now, from me as like a kid was I've always had a bit of both. I had a fixed mindset where it's like, oh, okay, my talent is this. This is all I have. But, but I look back on myself I'm like, oh, you know, what? I keep getting better. And I think that attunes to having a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. So the fixed mindset is just like, oh, this is your talent. You're like, you're a natural. Like, oh, you got this. This is talent. But growth mindset is, no, nah, you, you got to work at it. There's no mm-hmm. talent here. You only mm-hmm. get to a place if you, if you work at it. Mm-hmm. I have had a bit of both mentalities in my life. But just in the long run, looking back at myself, it's like, oh, I've, I've definitely carried like a growth mindset through everything that I've been doing with training or whatever. Like I look at my old videos. I look at like everything I'm doing now from back then. I'm like, oh, okay. I definitely, I definitely had learned to... Uh, kind of just put away like the idea like, oh, I'm talented. I'm naturally talented. Maybe there's something there. I don't know. But, mm-hmm. but, but evidently with what I've been doing throughout my life, it's, I definitely think I have a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't stop. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, you even uh, on your IG put like no ceilings. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, I, I like that that mentality of because um, if you put a cap to yourself, then you've already limited yourself. Like I can only grow to this extent and there's nowhere to go because I've already hit my ceiling. But if you think of it as um, there's always room to grow um, and it doesn't even have to be growing in the same category meaning like it doesn't have to be just dance physically it could be mentally or understanding like how this can now take you to someplace else or open your mind in a different type of way um that reminds me of uh there's a, a book called uh, the infinite game by simon sinek it's basically talking about there's the finite game things that are just kind of fixed that there's uh, you know, for instance, like I'm going to lose weight by, I'm going to lose 10 pounds by next month. Mm -hmm. That means once I lo lose those 10 pounds and that month happens, it's done. That's over. Mm -hmm. But the infinite game is being healthy. Like you don't, you don't stop being healthy. You just live a healthy lifestyle that keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. So I think that's kind of like that, that growth, growth mindset that you're talking about. Yeah. And I think of something that I've been getting uh, a lot better at is like, uh, the short the mind state of like a short game versus long game mm -hmm. also like like i think what i would describe and i think this is something that i know is that a lot of kids have nowadays with where they're living in such like a short game mindset where it's like all right they do a video and it's like all right i get this like they're going to keep but let's say this one video gets like what like i don't know like let's for example like i don't know fifty thousand views like mm -hmm. oh i gotta keep hitting this every time right but it's like they keep putting the videos out and but the quality is just kind of like whatever they ride on that kind of quality mm -hmm. but then you know, like I compare myself to these kids and I'm like, I'm, li I'm like, okay, well, no matter what, I'm not going to sacrifice quality. Mm -hmm. I'm not, whatever video I put out is going to be like the shit mm -hmm. and I'm not going to make it like crappy. There has to be something there that, that, yeah. that, that grabs you. It can't just be like a dance video. It has to be something there. Right. And I, I look at their progress and look at mine. Like I may not have as much followers, but like I'm getting opportunities up like, like a, a lot, but mm -hmm. I think it's because people will naturally recognize quality more so than just kind of like numbers, mm -hmm. if that kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I think this can be applied to like everything in life as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So with that though too, when, because um, I think on social media for a while, you were pretty kind of like low-key yeah. social media, right? And within the past year, you've definitely just been like way more active and, um, and just putting out these just freestyle videos essentially, right? Just you mm -hmm. and different settings cities people collaborations that you do with other dancers or just by yourself and then you've been hashtagging um spread positivity right yes and uh what 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 was the motivation behind that like from being kind of like not really a, a guy very active like yo i'm actually gonna start putting out stuff and then you know that actually just gained a lot of traction and visibility and instagram caught notice and posted you featured you on their page and like where did that whole thing kind of birth from? Two things are coming to my mind right now, or like how to answer that. Uh, first things first uh, that comes to my mind is I had to go back and realize, like, why am I doing this? This is supposed to be fun. I got into dance because it was fun. Like, I look back on the times when I was with my old crew. We were called Tank Clang. Just letting people know we were yeah. Tank Clang crew. Like, we would do dumb stuff. Like, we would take the bus from, like, uh, different parts of L.A. to, like, and and to other parts, I mean, not parts of different parts of it. We would go to like high schools across LA, we'd sneak into their like school dances 
and some of us got arrested. There's one time I got arrested. <laughs> I got arrested for going to a school, San Gabriel yeah. High School. I remember we like jumped this gate. We got arrested by security because we were we went to we went to battle these kids <laughs> during lunchtime. Dang, bro. So I was like, and I look back on stuff like dumb stuff we did. Yeah. Like and like times we almost got into fights, like you know, like with you know, like gangster kids. It yeah. was just like, dude, this was that shit was fun, man. <laughs> like, looking back on it, and yeah. I had to realize, like, I had to go back and be like, why am I doing this? Like. Like I, it, it's it was one of those things where it's like you know we as as professional dancers whatever you know what we do professional creators we're like mm-hmm. we work because we want to like uh, we're doing these things for for to make money like oh I gotta you know I gotta get this check blah 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 but then I I had to like go back and realize like wait a minute why am I doing this in the first place mm-hmm. like oh yeah because it was fun I love this mm-hmm. so it's like um, going back to like uh, uh, even the way I portray myself on social media mm-hmm. it was just like well all right well. It was a half of okay. Today is, in this in today's world, we have to stay alive. If you're not like doing like you know like if you're like a big actor doing movies, or whatever, the only way to stay alive is you have to stay. You got to have a currency on social media. I would call mm-hmm. that currency. Mm-hmm. So it's like you got to have that that bank. You got to be put it, putting investing to that bank so people can recognize you and see what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's TikTok or Instagram or YouTube or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. For the longest time, as you mentioned, I was just kind of just like sitting and i was like trying to figure this out like okay how does this work okay i kind of and, and then i think at one point i was like all right well you know what screw it i'm just gonna just kind of just try this i you know bought a camera sat it down i'm gonna just go just like i like how people dance in different places but like you know what i'm gonna just i i'm gonna just try this i'm gonna you know place my camera have it shot well have it track me like i had to learn how to do that and mm-hmm. I, I think i developed my own style with that i feel like people are biting my style now <laughs> like the way i track i literally spend like three hours like editing my own video but it, yeah. it but it's like getting opportunities off it it makes yeah. you know it's like it's you know it, it people recognize me from, not just for dancing they see they like me for my videos now for sure but it's all it was all out of necessity of me trying to figure out the game mm-hmm. and that's what that's and i think that's something that that i had to figure out like okay cool like I'm, i've i've also adopted a mentality of like seeing things as a game not taking things so seriously but it's like mm. Because it's like like a game is supposed to be fun. So if you treat, if I treat life like a game, it's gonna be fun, you know. Like and like all these opportunities that I'm getting, even like you know the checks I make, whatever, I see it as like keeping score. Right. So it's like the, and the only way to win is you if is if you figure out the rules of the game. It's just like if you play like I don't know. Did you play video games back in the day? Yeah, of course. Have you ever played video games on hard mode? I'm not hard mode. Where you had where you had the cheat code God mode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, after, like, maybe, like, five minutes, you're like, oh, that's kind of boring. Yeah. You know, so it's like, okay, well, I had tried to apply that that idea. Like, mm-hmm. okay, how do I make this, how do I make life interesting? I'm going to play, like, a game. Right. And I'm trying to, like, I'll try to, I'm going to figure out the rules first, because the only way to win a game is to figure out the rules first, and then you go from there. So I kind of, like, figure out, those like, the rules in my own kind of way for, mm-hmm. like, social media, and mm-hmm. it, it kind of worked, and I got noticed. Um, yeah, and I think that's yeah. pretty much how it went. Yeah. <clears throat> that that hashtag spread positivity i mean of course sounds pretty self-explanatory but yeah. why why were you um why was that the agenda that you felt like you were wanting to push with those videos i think for me and thanks for bringing this back because i almost mm-hmm. like forgot but it's like the real reason is is you know i think everybody to be honest like everybody's way too serious right now everybody's way too serious like with dancing or whatever and i'm just mm-hmm. kind of like that's not the reason why I, I got into dance. Yeah. I, I got into dance because it was fun. So I was like, all right, like, um, I think it's, I think dance is originally was supposed to be like a positive thing. Like back, back in the day when our ancestors were dancing, like we were sitting around campfires <clears throat> and like after a hunt or whatever, yeah. and some dude just pulled out a drum, boom, boom, boom. And it was just <clears throat> like, and then, and people started dancing to it, you know, like, 
it's like it was a very positive thing. It was dance to me is a celebratory thing. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, I feel like it's like a catharsis. Like people use it as a form of expression, whatever. But going back to the old days, no, nah, that it was a it was a party. Mm. It was meant to be part of a party. Yeah, like you have you have um, people in a campfire, one guy having a drum and one guy dancing. Definition party. So it's just <laughs> yeah. like, and it's a yeah. very positive thing. So mm-hmm. it's like that's why I, I always try to bring it to that. That's why like whenever I'm I'm dancing, I'm like there's times I dance alone, but whenever I'm dancing, I always like try to like you know have fun with people. Yeah, because yeah. that's what it is. And it's weird because I, and I think originally uh, another one of the reasons why I started doing those things was because um, I wanted to go over, get over my social anxiety because <laughs> I had mm. a really I, I I I still do, but it's like. I had I had to figure out ways to get over. I'm like, all right, well, the only way I'm gonna get I'm gonna get over it is if, if I just do it. So like, eventually, like I'd be like putting my camera alone, or I have someone there just in case someone jacks it, you know. <laughs> so it's just like, but then I I got better at it and I got more comfortable behind the camera. Mm. So in essence, it's also this was also connected to me being uh, like just not in just a dancer, but in life. Like I feel like uh, that also helped me get better, like being on camera or talking on a podcast like this. Mm. I would not have if I didn't do that. I would not have gotten better. Mm. So in a sense, it's like, it's all connected. Like I'm, it's doing that me like screwing around, whatever. Like I originally thought like that with me dancing and me like, you know, like high five or whatever, yeah. like people just look at me like kind of weird. But what I realized was that if you look like you're enjoying it, other people will enjoy it too. Right. So therefore it creates a positive thing. Mm. I love that. <laughs> Want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Meister Watches. They are truly masters of their craft. From quality materials and masterful timepieces to functional lifestyle accessories for the movers and shakers of the worlds they collide with, Meister is doing it. They've collaborated with some of the biggest brands in sports, music, comic book, car culture, and pop culture. We've actually had the pleasure of collaborating with them on a timepiece a few years back. I rock their ambassador watch. This one's my everyday watch. This one's my favorite. They are for our culture and for those that are on a constant mission to master their craft. Hop on to mstrwatches.com and pop in the discount code KINJUSPOD to receive 25% off your entire purchase at checkout. And this discount is exclusive to the Kinjas podcast. You won't find this discount anywhere. Hop on to mstrwatches.com and rock with the illest. This show is officially brought to you by Kinesthetic. Hop on to store.kinjas.com and plug in the promo code podcast spelled with the K at checkout to get 15% off your entire purchase. We're always trying to bring you guys the illest gear for all your movement in the shadows needs. Follow us on Instagram at kin.aesthetic. Like us on Facebook at kinesthetic.brand. Are you, do you think you are a curious person by nature? Funny thing is, like, I listened to Yaya's podcast, mm-hmm. and I feel like the whole shtick of it was curious. And mm-hmm. yeah, I am, I'm very curious. I'm very, mm-hmm. like, I, I'm very open-minded person. And, but I'll be open-minded to it to a point where, like, okay, well, I'll, uh, until I until it's something I, I don't really agree with, I'll be like, okay, yeah, I still don't agree with it, but I'm open to hearing it mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think, well, curiosity can be, like, you can keep your curiosity to yourself, meaning, like, oh, I wonder, like, that's interesting, and then kind of leave it at that. And then there are the people who take their curiosity, and then they just start pulling at the thread, and they keep pulling, keep pulling, and then they're, like, you know, deep into these rabbit holes of, like, experimenting with camera work to editing to like let's see how instagram really works and like you know um even with dancing like really 
being obsessed with a technique or a style and be like, let me really research what that is. Let me get this or keep practicing it until I get it, until it looks good. And you know what I mean? So I guess that's why I ask about the level of your curiosity because, you know, it seems like once you find something that you find interesting, it seems like you really latch onto it and really try to understand the ins and outs of those things. Yeah, that's pretty much me. Yeah. Yeah. So with that now, um, you know, when it comes to things that uh, you pursue creatively, um, obviously inspiration and that whole conversation of how do you stay inspired and, and, uh, you know, what you do when you lose inspiration, what are some of the things um, for yourself do you feel like are sources of inspiration for you? Um, I'll just say everything, life. I mean, there's, uh, this is one thing I also had to learn too. Like, and I think this is something that as we get older, there are people who, let's say, you know, and I, I, I'm, I'm one of those people where I was like, all right, I, I don't love dance anymore. I don't, I, I was like, I, I, and I realized like, okay, I can't force it. I have to take a break. And that did happen. Mm-hmm. I quit dance like, uh, how many years ago? It was like three, four years ago where I, where I quit and I was like, I'm going to do something else. Put myself in music school, went fucking broke. And, and then, um, and it was like, I went broke. I seriously went broke. <laughs> I was like eating, I was eating like beans and rice every day to yeah. that level. Um, but, uh, but I long, long game. Once again, me bringing it back to long game, yeah. I, I realized I had to do that. Because when I came back to dance, like maybe like I think it was like a year after, two years, sorry, two years mm-hmm. after, uh, when I, I got I got asked back to it, if that makes sense. Mm. When, when going back to it, like you know, I guess I still had a name. World of Dance asked me, "Hey, do you want to like judge World Dance again?" I was mm-hmm. like, uh, "Okay, sure, whatever." You know, like mm-hmm. once again, like I still had like a, a notoriety of being good. Yeah. So it's like you know, it brought me back, and so that kind of like kind of like started the ball the ball rolling again. Mm-hmm. But when I came back, I came back harder. Like from the time where after I quit poriotics, mm. like I came back way harder. So it was around the time where I quit poriotics is when I was like, all right, I need to take a break. I can't do this anymore. And, but when I, when I came back, it was just like, bam, bam, bam. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I feel like going back to inspiration, we need to take breaks, especially if it's for something you love. Go do mm-hmm. something else. That's exactly what I did. I dived into like, like editing, camera, music. Yeah. And, like, but, and with that break, all those skills snowballed with me coming back to dance. Yeah. So it's like, it's just kind of like, I took that risk. I was like, something was in the back of my head. Like, I have to, I have, I got to quit this. I can't, I got to leave dance. I got to go do this. There's something in the back of my head that was like, just do it. And I listened to that voice because maybe that was, that was my higher self. Maybe that's what it was. Like, I, you just, I kind of just knew it's like, I have to, I have to listen to myself, take this chance, just be broke and just see what happens. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't regret it at all, man. Like, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. it was definitely fruitful. Yeah. For me to take the risk. Yeah. And you dove pretty heavy into your producing, making beats for a while. Yeah. Right. Are you still kind of in that space? Yeah. I, and I, and this is something that, this is, this is something that I learned about myself. Mm-hmm. And I think like with anything I do is just that, uh, at first I was like, oh, I'm just doing, I remember, <laughs> I remember I got into the school. I went to be, I, I my shout out to my B lab Academy people for helping me out. But it's like, I went originally started like, oh, I'm going to be a big DJ. I'm going to be like, you know, like I was going to be like one, of, I wanted to be one of those guys, you know, I, I don't want to, I was, I really just didn't want to dance anymore. I, yeah. like, I want to be something else. And then I realized that, Oh, Nope, this takes a lot of work. This is uh, and I think what it was, was I could have got to that position. I could have got that title, but my music wouldn't have been me. Mm. So I think like I listened, once again, I listened to myself. It was just like, okay, it's not you. 
And so I, I, I'll definitely say that with music compared to dance, I'm not there yet, but I think once I get to that point, it's going to be me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to play this long game. And I'm not going to try to uh, force myself to get into that identity mm-hmm. of a DJ or producer or whatever. Yeah. I want, I'm going to do it my way. Yeah. Yeah. When you talk about the long game, um, in any in any uh, regard, I mean, whether that's uh, career or um, just learning something new, uh, in let's say specifically with dance for you, um, what are some of the things that have made it hard for you to play that long game or stay in that long game for dance? Uh, <laughs> I'll be honest. It's just like I think I think it's it's uh, it's a double edged sword, but social media. You see your peers, like, they hit something nice and quick, mm-hmm. whatever, and you're just like, like you're just kind of like, fuck, like, what am I doing in my life? Because, like, and I think we're mm-hmm. all of us in the creative space, not even just dancers, everybody, producers, yeah. uh, everybody, like, we're all like, oh, man, he, 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 got, he hit that. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, it's one of those things where it's like, you got lucky, you know, like, he was posting, like, hundreds of videos or mm-hmm. hundreds of beats or whatever. Up until the point where he actually hit it, mm-hmm. you know, like some people, I'm not gonna lie, some people just like get it, but it's like, uh, but it's, but, but you know, it's like you have to just have faith in the long. What, what are you gonna do? You have to, you have to have faith in, in yeah. yourself and in the long game. You can't let those outside extremities like, like ruin your ruin your thoughts. Like it's like it's like the only way, the way I see this. Like all right, homie, yo, I'm proud of you. Yeah. And it's like I'm gonna keep working until I get mine again. You know, it's mm-hmm. like I see everything like a graph. It's like. Um, Cause this, and this is the same thing. Like, I mean, you, me and you, we're, we're both people who want a TV show. Mm-hmm. You know, we both, you know, it's like, you'll, I see it like a graph where it's like, uh, we, we hit our point mm-hmm. and we might've dropped or we, we, we hit our point. We might've like stayed like, uh, kind of just like, how do I say it? Like flatline. Yeah. You, you coast or you coast, plateau, right? Yeah. Or you, yeah. you plateau and then you can drop again or you can go up. Mm. And that's, and it's, that's just kind of like the way, also that's the way I see economics too. Like, the power of the dollar has went from like, if you look at it like in a century, like now you, if you look at a smaller game, like in a one day, like I, I also uh, like trade too, but it's like you look at a, you look at a stock uh, or, or a, um, like a candle chart, like in a one day, you'll see it like go like, like, like waves and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But if you look at the long game, like it goes up like, right. like this, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's like, you kind of just have to have faith in like the bigger picture. Mm. And that's what I say. Long game to me is equivalent to bigger picture. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, yes. What what is that um, bigger picture for you? To be honest, I have things I like to do, mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna keep getting better at it. The opportunities will come, and uh, yeah, I'll tell you, you know, that's pretty much it. I don't know if I, I. Once again, it goes back to me being like, I don't know if I want to fit into, like, what what didn't work for me is is like, oh, I want to be this. Mm-hmm. I I want to be a director. I want to be a producer. I want to be this. I want to be a professional dancer. It was more like. I'm just going to get good at it and then see what happens. Mm. But that's, that's what worked for me. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you go to college at all or did you do the whole schooling thing? Funny thing is, uh, I was actually one of those dudes who went to a community college right after high school, failed like the first semester, like, fuck this. I'm going to go to another one because I don't want my record there. <laughs> and then, uh, I was at, wait, I was wait, at, try was this at, again. Let me try this again yeah, with yeah, a clean record. Yeah, I was at Glendale yeah. community college, uh-huh. failed everything. Yeah, let's just go to PCC. Let's try this. Went mm-hmm. to PCC for like four years. And I was like, I remember at that time, I was like, I was screwing around. And there was one time I took it serious. And I was like, I got like, I think my GPA was like a 3.5. I was like, and I was like, yes, I worked so, so hard. Yeah, yeah. But 
I did not have fun. It was like, mm. I, I didn't dance. I was like kind of fat. I was like, damn, dude, like <laughs> this is not cool. Yeah. And I, I, this was one of those things where it's like, you know, was, you know, we're Asians. It was, you know, one of those things where it's like our parents didn't believe in, in our, in our endeavors. Yeah. And I was like, well, you're not going to make it, you know, like, you know, just do this. This is safe. You know, I, yeah. I was in school for like four years trying to go into physical therapy, but the reason why I couldn't do it is because I, I was terrible at math. I couldn't beat like statistics. I was like, this is not going to work for me. <laughs> so during that time yeah. was when, when Poriox was asked to audition for like, like how many times like, we auditioned for like three times and we finally got it. And right when I like, I was like, I had enough like credits to like transfer. Like it was like, all right, well, ABDC called us. Hey, we want you to be part of the show. And I was fucking crying and shit. And then, <laughs> then, but, also, but that was also the time where I was like sending like, you know, transfer letters to like different schools. Right. So I was just like, well, um, I'm going to go with ABDC, you know? Yeah. It's like, I'm going to do the thing that I'm going to take the risk. This, this just feels right for me to go this way. Yeah. Are you a risk taker by nature? Have you always kind of just taken chances on things that kind of like, I don't know, kind of let's see what's over here and then you just kind of go for it? Um, I'll just say this. Uh, I've, I think growing, growing up as a kid, like I was always just like a, I always just had fear. Mm-hmm. bed in me i think it was something my parents like gave to me i don't know was, uh but it was just like i was always like scared to do things but but it's like i think now like i'm more like all right fuck it, i'm gonna do it but i think it's because it's like i always see life as is i i, I see life now as a uh, parallel of well okay if you do this this scary thing you don't know what's going to happen. But if you do the comfortable thing, you know what's going to happen to you. Mm. You just know it. I'm like, all right, well, I always try to like play with myself. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I want to try this because I don't know what's going to happen. Let's go down this way. Let's just mm. see what happens. Mm-hmm. It, it might suck or it might be awesome. Most of the time it's been freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. Um, as an educator too, because I mean, you obviously um, have built yourself uh, foundation wise in terms of movement to mentality wise, like the things that you've learned, the things that you study, the things that you like the, the rabbit holes that you dive into. And, um, you also teach people, right? You teach at the dojo, teach Mm. body control, um, as a teacher, uh, and with in particular with body control, cause Mm. I've, I've been in your class before and I think it's great because I think what's cool about, um, it even being called body control versus anything else. Like it's very just self-explained learning how to control your body straight up what it is versus like popping class or Mm. ISO class or whatever. Um, and, and like the methods that you, um, you implement like the whole, like, um, you know, you like go to the ground and you like, you just kind of stay there and explore what, what other like ways you can move around on the ground and kind of just kind of forcing or not forcing, but like, challenging the the mind to be like if you had to think of this as like your only realm of movement what could you possibly do and like there's just little things that you do that i'm like oh that's a really interesting way to um to teach or to have uh, people explore um what is your approach towards like um coming up with how you want to teach what kind of curriculum you want to teach in in regards to body control um the thing about body control, this is something that I've learned, is uh, that's helped me out is, well, first, I'll talk, the reason why I, I, I do it, well, to be honest, once again, it's an opportunity came and I took it. It was more so moving lifestyle asking me to come teach. It was mm-hmm. like me and Yaya were, were like, you know, the teachers. Mm-hmm. Yaya was busy, so I was like, all right, I'll come in. And I was like, okay, cool. Now I got to fill this space of how to teach it. So it was mostly me trying to figure out how to teach that class. Yeah. But then at first it was just like, okay, cool. I was teaching techniques and all that. But then it'd be, but then I realized I grew into it 
And also, it also taught something about myself where uh, I couldn't just be like something that was like popping or it had to be something outside of it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, in my brain, I was like, okay, why, why, why do I, why am I so interested in learning like, like doing robot or popping mm-hmm. or controlled movement? Mm-hmm. It's, it's because it was, and the reason why I got better at it is because I, I under, I was understanding myself better. Mm-hmm. So I kind of focused on that underlying factor of out, it's outside of dance, body control. The only way to get better at it is if you understand your body or mm-hmm. you understand yourself, even mentally as well. One thing I noticed uh, is that not a lot of people want to do it. So I don't have these classes filled with a lot of people. And yeah, I, I think yeah. it also gives me a consensus of like, oh, it's because it's not just a dance class. People just want to have fun. People right. go to dance classes. They want to have fun. People don't want to go to a dance class to learn about themselves. But maybe that's something that people don't want to do. People are not ready to face themselves. Mm. And I think what my class does is I, I, I teach you to face yourself. Mm-hmm. Not many people want to do it. Um, and it's very obvious. Mm. There's like five people in my classes. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, so yeah. It's, it's like, I'm not, I had to learn to accept that. At first I was like, oh, I'm going to do something with it. Um, no, not everybody wants to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, dude, I, I think that's, that's interesting. I mean, um, the whole concept of people not wanting to face themselves. I mean, yeah, I get it. You, you know, yeah, a, a dance class, the general public, unless you're a professional dancer who's doing it for training, yes. the general public wants to get some exercise. They want to kind of feel good about themselves and like learn some moves that they can go show off to their friends and like essentially just party, right? Yep. Um, but, you know, a class like yours that's very focused on um, unlocking uh, mentality, uh, teaching you specific techniques that are hard to learn. You're not going to get the technique by taking one class. Like you have to take the the lesson and then take it home and put the hours into it at home, wow. you know, for you to actually like learn these things. But, um, I think there's something interesting, even with the fact that you say that like, Oh yeah, not a lot of people like to come and take these classes. <laughs> um, but even still you teach it, you know, even still like you could be like, Oh, well, talking about learning the game, right? Figuring out the, the hacks. Like, all right, well, I think if I want to pack out my classes, I should maybe teach to these types of songs and these types of movements. And, you know, like you can do that if you want, but you're more like, whatever. If the five people are going to show up, then th- these five people are going to get what I'm going to teach them, you know? And yes. I think that also just comes from you being... Um, I mean, yeah, you're, you're, you're somebody who values, um, knowledge of oneself and, uh, you don't want to water down because at the end of the day, you have to look yourself in the mirror. Like, and, and as far as even the type of, let's say legacy that you would even leave behind is somebody that really explored the depths of him himself in terms of interests, um, what you believe in and staying true and authentic to that. And so if, five people want to get that from you you're like all right cool well like let's go let's get into it you know what i mean i think that's that's really dope man thanks for analyzing that it's it almost it's almost like you know like that old sensei that's just like i don't know if i am like that but it's like that it's like and i think i i i guess i'm like that but it's like it's one of those things where it's like it's like i'm definitely not like here's my class come take my class right right. it's more like you want to take it you can take it yeah. like it's like it's like you have like the class where you have, it's almost like the way i would attune to it is like you have the a dojo like a like a like a kung fu like it's, you have like two gurus you have the the, the the kung fu guru who's popular and the one that just like who's like who like knows his shit <laughs> and it's like it's like the, the girl that's like that's like popular like, take my class 
look at my marketing. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, look at my marketing. <laughs> and the other guy's just like, hey, if you want to learn it, yeah, just come through. I yeah. feel like I'm like, when it comes to body control, I'm like that guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, even like going back to um, Jekyll, right? I yeah. mean, essentially he was very uh, intimidating, scary dude who you guys could be like, oh, we're good. Um, we'll see you later. But you were just like, no, this guy's legit. Like, yeah there's something that he has that I need to like learn and, and download, you know? And so I think even, you know, you having that, um, I mean, I, you probably just had it even since you were a kid in terms of seeing something authentic and seeing something that was like, Whoa, that's real. Um, I'm kind of scared by it, but that's mm. not going to keep me from, um, pursuing it because I want that so bad. And I think even just, you know, kind of, looking at your history and seeing how you've taken the risks that you've taken and, um, you know, really the things that you have latched onto, like really latching onto those things and really becoming like a geek about those things. And even how you, um, also as a teacher, you know, you kind of are like, do you, I know what I have. Um, I can teach you a lot. I don't need a whole classroom of a uh, hundred people. Like mm. whoever wants to show up, like you're going to find the the new jet who's going to be like, <laughs> I'm going to, you know, you're my sensei, you know what I mean? And I'm going to like really learn and soak up whatever, um, whatever I can get, because that's kind of how you, you have always been. I think that's also why you um, teach the way that you do. I guess so. You know? I think I, when you talk about that though, I, I'm definitely not one of those people that's just like, I want a student. I'm very just like, oh, you want to? Do you want to? Right, I'm, right. I'm, yeah. I'm, that's just, but that's just like how I am. I don't know. I'm very, I kind of just, maybe that's me, as you say. Mm -hmm. Good analysis, Ben. I'm, I think like it, the funny thing is about you, when I listen to all the podcasts, your analysis of the person is like the best. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know if anybody's called it out, but I'm just like, I'm getting bend right now. <laughs> that's like the term that I'm like, that getting I have to Getting bend. <laughs> so for that's everybody, funny. every future, all the future people who are coming to the podcast, I think you got to get ready to be bend. <laughs> Well, that's the way I, I appreciate see it. it. No, I mean, it's because I love, I love, um, really the reason why, you know, these podcasts are um, straight up fun for me is mm. because I love to learn about people and the way that they think. And mm. sometimes you just kind of have to let the story come out yes. and then be like, whoa, there's a lot there to, that kind of loops back to the beginnings of the way that you said you grew up. And I think there's you know what I'm saying? I mean, of course, there's going to be evolution of people. People learn and they change. But then, like, I don't know. I'm just, you're giving it to me, man. <laughs> it's interesting because it's, it's like, I feel like it's, this is something that I think that's missing nowadays because it's like, uh, on social media, we have people like arguing and like, like over, over the, oh, pretty much over the dumb shit. But like, it's like political stuff, racism yeah. and, and things like that. And it's like, this all could be avoided if we had conversations. Right. So it's like, it's like this is so this is so primal what we're having, and I'm realizing that the importance of having a conversation is it's almost like uh, the only way we can, and this goes back to me like understanding myself and understanding yourself and the way you analyze things. And mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody's ever called you out like me being like, yeah, I just got bent, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. But it's like we understand each other by having a conversation. Right. We become more aware of that, yeah. and it's like I feel like this is, this is there's such an importance of having a podcast. So we can have this and people can listen and, yeah. and, and it's like, and I feel like it's, it's missing nowadays because we're so, it's so easy to hide behind a, like a black mirror, right. you know? One thing, I had a conversation with a friend of mine about how, how like 
how people are. I know we're like <laughs> we're like kind of like diving off from dance. Well, I'm like, yeah, well, if, fine. if you don't have a conversation, I'm like this, super down, bro. Like, <laughs> but it's like the way I see it is like um, the way I see how someone is on social media, like is them being comfortable. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know how like there's some people who are just like will like talk mad shit online. I don't know if you do, but there's people in like my circles <laughs> who complain, yeah. complain, complain. Uh-huh. But then you see them in person, it's just like, oh, what's up, man? They're like, yo, yeah. what up? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The way I see it is the real person. It's not the person that you says what's up to you. It's the person who's hiding behind the screen because uh, that's them yeah, in their most comfortable yeah. space. Sure, yeah. It's like, it, it's weird, but it's like I had to. I've I've learned to just if the way you if you say something online, that's you. That's who you are, not you in person. Hmm. And if you don't bring that up, then that means it's just like then I, I don't know if I can trust you. You know, mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. it's like I'm gonna trust you if you are the same person personified when you're typing on Facebook or Instagram. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that was just like a. No, yeah. I love it though. I love it. Um, so currently now, uh, you know, with, um, dance to music to, you know, whatever else is kind of on your plate, what are your kind of current focuses in terms of, uh, what you're trying to pursue right now? Uh, there's a lot of things I like and I just like, I'm just going to just get better at it. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm just going to keep doing it and I'll get better at it. And then I, 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 like it's interesting because I'm talking to you and I'm, it's just like with 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 the things that I'm saying it's just like things just come mm-hmm. so it's like I'm just gonna go back to what I said like I'm just gonna keep get, getting better at things that mm-hmm. I like yeah and then eventually I'll be recognized I guess yeah. it's 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 interesting because I had this conversation with uh with uh, Jamal Sims when I did Step Up uh, Revolution uh there was a time where I was on Step Up and I was talking to Jamal shout out to Jamal because like he definitely I would call him like my choreographer dad <laughs> in the industry but mm-hmm. it was like. I remember I asked this question. I was in the car with him. I was like, I was like yo, Jamal, I don't know if I want to get into the dance industry. Um, it's just like, it's, it just seems so like fake, mm-hmm. you know? And he said, and he, he mentioned, to, he, he told me like, yeah, you know, there's, you can have that in, in, in you can, you can, there is that for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think it just depends on how you want to see it. Like you could either see it as, uh, you know, there's, there's people who, who talk their way mm-hmm. into these positions, they like they're, they. You can talk your way into it, like, and you'll get it. Or you can be the person that just works their asses off. Mm-hmm. It just depends on how you want to be seen. Do you want yeah. to be seen as a talker, or do you want to be seen as the person who works hard? Mm-hmm. Till this day, that still lives with me, like mm-hmm. in my brain. It's not even, and it's something that doesn't apply just to dance. I feel like it applies to everything totally. in my life. Yeah, and it's like it's it, yeah. It just depends on how you want to be seen. You know, like yeah. that's the that uh, that's like the end product of things. Yeah. So with everything that I'm doing, like even like I mean. With dance, like there was a time where I thought, like, uh, you know, I was gonna leave. It's like, uh, what's exciting me now is like I got into like the the, the juke and gangster walking culture. Mm-hmm. Like that's something that that excites me. I think what it, another thing is I had to keep finding things that excite me. Mm-hmm. So that culture excites me, and it's mm-hmm. definitely changed my style and made me more unique. Mm-hmm. I mean, I took a risk. I'm like, I go out to the, I go out to like Memphis every year. I go out to the hood every year. I'm like the only Asian guy at these events, <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, like yeah. trying to learn this thing. And then like, you know, it's like I had to take that risk, mm-hmm. and it. it whatever I got from it, whatever I practiced from what I learned from the culture became fruitful. Yeah. So it's like, and now I, I now I stand out. I'm like very, definitely very different. There's no one in the world who does what I, I do. So it's like, well, but it all started with me just having an interest. I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to just yeah. go for it. Yeah. Uh, music. Um, I'm even like, I'm actually getting uh, contacted to, to shoot like video content. So now I'm like, I might Shit. be on a, in the direction of directing. I don't know. I don't know. I'm yeah, just saying yeah, yeah. I'm getting good at things. Right. I'm getting recognized and these opportunities are coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, might have with music. I don't know. I haven't. I'm still working on that. It just there's like once I said, long game. Yeah. You know, like uh, just there's, 
it's this is just what I, it's for me it's like not even just like with dance with everything i'm doing creatively it's just like i'm just gonna just kind of just trust myself take the risk and then you know uh, of course I'm doing this this all started also with just me being aware of myself too mm-hmm. like what are my weaknesses what are my strengths and yeah I'm just gonna yeah. just kind of just, just go with that and yeah. see what happens yeah how do you define success I think for me to say <laughs> oh, I was gonna say something else uh, I think success is not finite I feel like success is something that uh, that is ongoing mm-hmm. like you you know you look at um, like musical artists uh the ones who kill it, mm-hmm. you know, Kobe. Like, you know what? How many rings did he get? You know? Yeah, but five, right? Five rings. He didn't stop at one. He was like, well, I'm going to keep going. Yeah. You know, like you look at Michael when he was he was alive. He was like, you know, he didn't just get one hit record. Mm-hmm. He was like, I'm going to keep doing this thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's almost like as bleak as, it, bleak as it sounds, it's like you're never successful until you die. Mm. You can keep that mindset where like, oh, I got this. You know, like, like or you can just keep going. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like, the the term of an idea of success is just so I think it's just kind of misconstrued Mm -hmm. because it really is honestly it's just like oh it's like you're successful till you die you know I think I don't even think it's successful I think it's succession Mm. like progression succession Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's just the way I see it and I uh, I know that was like it wasn't like a one sentence it was I I couldn't sorry Ben I didn't package it like no you don't have to package it (laughs) I mean I think just again as you keep talking about this long game. I think you approach um, life in that way. So the concept of it seems like for you, the success is it will never. I'll never reach it. Yeah, like it's not like oh, I got it now. I'm done and I'm successful. Is that you? You continue to succeed as you you know seek the things that you're trying to get good at. Like you said, I'm just trying to learn things, get good at it, and then I get good at that. Okay, I'm gonna find something else, get good at that. So you're constantly succeeding every time you. Um, have a new uh, interest, mm. and then you do the, you do your homework. You put in the hours. You get good, and then there's some another interest, and so it just keeps going. It's that long game that you keep talking about, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. I'm gonna do a lightning round with you. I just have to say because I hear I know that yeah. sound bite. <laughs> <laughs> Listener of the pod, I love it. Um, here we go. Firing off in three, two, one. What's your favorite beverage? Water. What is your favorite snack? Oh, man. I don't know why. Just There's a lot of things, but just a, like a organic Pink Lady Apple. Nice. What is your favorite movie? There's a couple. Can I just say, can I get a couple? Sure. This just says something about like my personality. I love the movie Gattaca. Okay. Uh, Fight Club. Those two just stand out right now. All right. So maybe that, that, that. Just has something about my personal life for people watching. Gattaca and Fight Club. What is your guilty pleasure? Being lazy. What's your favorite anime? Oh, here's the thing. I'm a manga person more than an anime person. Okay. And right now, I'm late to the game, but I'm reading My Hero Academia. Okay. Holy crap, dude. <laughs> Fire. Fire. Okay. I'm so late. I need to get on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Who's your favorite anime character? Oh, so many. I like, honestly, right now, I like Deku. Deku from My Hero Academia. Okay. Kind of reminds me of me a little bit. I think that's why I like this kid. What is your biggest pet peeve? People not being straight and honest. I used to be like that, so I would, so I understand. I used to, I used to hate myself, so yeah. If you could have any superpower in the world, what would it be? 
Not being lazy. <laughs> what is your superpower? Being human. <laughs> nice. If you could have uh, a dream opportunity, opportunity to do anything, what would that be? I want to work with 3-6 Mafia. Some way. I'm going to be in a studio with them, something. I don't know. I just want to make with them. I think it would just be the funniest shit ever. An Asian dude like working with 3-6 Mafia. If they come back together. that happen, bro. Put it out there. (laughs) Um, Do you have any regrets? Um, I look back on my life and it's like, I think as part of me says like, they were regrets, but then I kind of had to change and be like, oh, these are learning experiences. And I, you know, I can, these are, these are, I, I from learning experience, you grow from it. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you see it as a regret, it's like, oh crap, that's very fixed. It's like, mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't do anything. You're just going to regret that for the rest of your life. But mm-hmm. I, I see it as like a, a learning lesson and yeah. it'll, it'll help me in the future. Yeah. And now if you could travel back in time and give yourself one piece of advice, what would that be? Uh, I would tell my, my, my stupid kid self to, to learn how to under, understand himself as fast as you could. Mm. Less of, more of. What would you want to see less of in the world and also more of? More love, less hate. More understanding. Less fear. <laughs> you gave us two of each. <laughs> Take them. What's your golden rule, your life mantra? Oh, God, the only thing that comes to my mind is be honest. Be honest. Yeah. Damn, straight to the point. Jet, thanks for coming through, man. Um, this is, uh, It's funny how you said that uh, the whole conversation thing of like, you know, um, being able to understand each other and yourself through having conversations with people. I think this is probably one of the first um, maybe super in-depth conversations that we've had. I mean, mm. well you know, we kick it and all that, but like, you know, a lot of these types of questions aren't really asked when you're, you know, eating, you know, having dinner. And so I think, uh, as I'm talking to you and like learning about, um, just the way that your mind works, man, I mean, you are a very straightforward person. I think, (laughs) I don't think anyone will ever have to like look at you and be like, I don't get that guy. Maybe, maybe it may not be everybody's cup of tea. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not for everyone. Cause I think, like you said, some people have a hard time, um, being their authentic selves. And, uh, and then it doesn't seem like you're the type of person who's afraid to confront that of yourself and also show that to people. But also you're, you recognize the, um, the things that you, struggle with and the things that you have a hard time with when you talk about like social anxiety and Mm. doing things to help you overcome those things you know again that's all stuff that happens only when you really take the time to know yourself to know what you like what you don't like uh, what you value in other people and if you value those things to make sure that you yourself are walking that path too so like Um, yeah, man. I mean, you know, you are an amazing mover in terms of just, uh, as, as a dancer, but I think more and way deeper than that, I think just the way that you, um, yeah, the way that you dive deep into the things that you really care about is, uh, is really inspiring. Cause I think, um, it's hard for people to go into those depths, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? To really like, uh, try to get every little ounce of something and, and then absorb that and then take it to the next level of something else, you know? So, um, yeah, man, I want to shout, shout you out on, uh, 
just your i think it's not even your work ethic so it's more of the way that you think mm. and uh i appreciate that man i just got bend <laughs> and I, I, real quick though i mean yeah. I, I don't know if you're gonna cut this but it's like i i think talking about what you said about like how it's hard for people to to like to face themselves mm -hmm. it's like i think what it is also is i think if people just kind of face themselves understood themselves it would help them because i think when people like like i think when people stray away from that when they don't want to face themselves they don't want to be honest with themselves it hurts them mentally mm. and it's like and i think that's like the root of people getting angry like there's that's the root of people why people are like going around shooting public places you know yeah. like yeah they're going through something and it's like they have no one to talk to they don't mm -hmm. they, they keep it all inside and they they outstretch that action like because of everything that's going inside mm -hmm. you know it's like maybe maybe it's 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 not because you know you're it's it's not because you're gay it's not because you're you know you're 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 a certain color or whatever not because mm -hmm. you're asian it's it's because you have something that bothered you mm. and you're not letting yourself heal mm -hmm. so therefore you're you're kind of just like you that is a an expression of all the issues that are going in your head you mm -hmm. hurt somebody you know in yeah. essence it's like the way i see it is the more you stray you stray away from kind of facing yourself the more you're going to hurt yourself mm -hmm. and the more you hurt yourself the more you're going to hurt others mm-hmm that makes sense man yeah i dig that i love that um but yeah man thank you again for coming through appreciate appreciate your your words your mind and uh all the cool stuff you're doing man appreciate it ben yeah i just got bend got bend <laughs> guys thank you guys so much for listening um if you're finding this episode by itself we have a bunch more um hop on to your podcast app Please leave us that five-star rating. Leave us a review. Write us anything. Leave us a message. Write me a novel. I'll read it all. Um, all those reviews help us to get better. And feel free to, yeah, let us know what we're not doing so well. Shout us out on the things that you guys are enjoying. Um, and take a screenshot of you listening to the pod on your phone. Tag us, Kinja's Podcast, Cast with a K, on IG and Twitter. We're on Facebook um yeah if you guys are the only way that we market the show is you guys really just sharing it with your friends um thank you guys so much for following our journey listening and we will catch you guys next time peace, peace.